0: Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us as we continue to talk about a bunch of things in the Catholic world. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Welcome to you, Thank Josh. You. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Matthew, welcome. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, something that uh, some people may have experienced in their life in the <laughs> church, and maybe some just have not, right? Uh, but we're going to talk about the sacraments and... And when it's okay for a priest to refuse the sacraments to someone. Mm. And I know this is a touchy subject. uh, (laughs) And I know probably a lot of the questions will be directed towards me today. So I'm a little nervous. I'm sweating already. I'm just kidding. But uh, I think it's a great topic uh, to talk about because there's a responsibility we have as Catholics Mm. in order to see the sacraments for what they are. And that is a grace-filled gift that God gives us through the church. It's not just something that we treat sort of uh, with, with, uh, with half seriousness or, or uh, you know. So anyway, I think it's something that we should really take uh, seriously. And there, we're going to talk about a couple differences. One thing is to be refused or denied mm-hmm. a sacrament. Mm-hmm. Those are usually for more serious reasons. Well, which we'll talk about. But there's another thing about being uh, the sacrament being deferred or postponed. Gotcha. Okay? The, the, that's another thing. So that, that could happen for less serious reasons just uh, based on if the priest judges that maybe the person is not ready at that moment to receive uh, a certain sacrament. So let's talk about that and let's talk about the implications of it too, what the church teaches and of course what people say because I think if we just backtrack here a little bit, we've 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 kind of got accustomed to receiving the the mm. sacraments uh, whenever we want. They're, they're a right versus a gift. Yes, yeah. and in a sense, it is. A, 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 it is like people who are baptized ha, do have a yeah. right okay. to yeah. the sacraments. Okay. People who are baptized in the people who are Catholic have a right to the sacraments. That's that's right mm-hmm. in the church law. Okay. However, some of the sacraments require from that same person certain prerequisites, I would say, like I would say, being properly disposed to receive a sacrament, uh, not having a particular penalty or interdict of the church uh, placed on you, mm-hmm. okay? And actually, you know what? Right in canon, uh, the, the code of canon law, 843, it, it probably just says exactly what I said. It says, sacred ministers cannot deny the sacraments to those who seek them, ready, at appropriate times, are properly disposed, and are not prohibited by law from receiving them. <laughs> okay, okay, so that's that's pretty much it. So yeah, pretty yeah. much it. So I just appropriate times is also uh, probably a uh, one that's that's maybe maybe not thought of as much by people. Mm. There is an inconvenient time to ask for the sacraments, right? Uh so it, depending on the situation of course. Yeah. So let's go through these and uh and talk about the difference between denying a sacrament, refusing a sacrament, postponing or deferring a sacrament. And I want to start with uh baptism because it is it is the uh the first sacrament mm-hmm. that we yeah. offer that welcomes someone into the church. Now, baptism is something that requires a few prerequisites. You would say that uh, of course the church wants people to be baptized, and that is true. Mm-hmm. In fact, everything we're gonna say here today about the sacraments, we have to remember that. The church is always working for you to receive the sacraments. Mm. Like we're always going to uh, work with you to to fix a problem if there is a problem, uh, to make a way if there uh, if it seems like there's no way, we'll make a way. Like we're always rooting for you to receive these sacraments. So, and I want everyone to understand everything we're going to say today in that light. Now, when someone presents for baptism, let's look at those things, right? Is someone properly disposed for baptism? So I'm going to give you a scenario. Um, Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a common scenario for some parishes. Maybe it's not for others. But I I received this scenario a number of times. Non-Catholic parents, okay? Non-Catholic parents who bring a child to be baptized in the Catholic faith, what do you think their reason
1: is? Uh, in Ontario here uh, <laughs> is because they want to get them into the Catholic school board. You got it, Josh. Yeah. So people will say, so non-Catholic people,
0: uh, and sometimes they're of a different Christian faith. Sometimes they're of no faith. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're of a different religion. Uh, will bring their child to be baptized in the Catholic faith uh, because they want entrance into the Catholic school this is a time where while I'm excited for that child to be baptized and welcomed into the the family of Christ it's a time to defer mm-hmm. yeah because in baptism we have to make sure as pastors of souls that there is um, a significant hope that that child will be raised in the Catholic faith right yep so or else baptism just becomes,
2: very yeah, procedural and, yeah and 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 what's unique about baptism is that it's it's the sacrament that the you know the the, res, the recipient of the sacrament doesn't isn't the one who consents uh, to the sacrament. So you know this is something that like the parents consent on behalf of the child. So if the parents themselves are not properly disposed to consent or to provide their consent uh, consent to uh, the sacrament, uh, again th- there needs to be some formation there. The, the The conditions need to be met. Can 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 someone though who's an adult be
1: baptized? Yeah, and so would they then be the consenting party? Yeah. I guess because it wouldn't be their parents then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm t- sorry. I'm talking about uh, child baptism. Uh, child yeah, yeah. I b- just, I'm just making baptized. sure though. So like, but you could. You, I mean.
0: But even in that, Josh. <clears throat> yeah. Let's say someone from another faith, mm-hmm. another faith tradition, comes and wants to be baptized in the Catholic faith, and they're an adult. Yeah. Well, what do we do with them? we put them in through the RCIA
1: program. Mm-hmm. So you right? would defer the baptism until they've been through the program.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, this has happened to me where people say, no, but I want to get baptized now. And there's this real eagerness and desire to be baptized. And I'll say, yeah, but we, we want you to be properly prepared for what a life of baptism means. So mm-hmm. we want you to learn about what that means. We want to learn about the faith that you want to be baptized. And we want to we prepare you. And uh, while people say, oh, okay, well, I have this, you know, eagerness to do it, you know, then they always see that's like okay, it's it's better that I <laughs> it's yeah. better that I waited to learn these things <laughs> because I would have been a disaster after baptism. Yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, so it's it's really good to give a period of time. So yeah, even with a consent with a consenting adult yeah. who wants to become Christian. We don't just
1: uh, baptize them on the spot. That's right. right. That makes we, sense. They
0: enter into a process that is the RCIA program.
1: So parents, so let's go back. So as, as an adult, that makes sense. So you'd put them through a program, make sure that they're ready, and so they can make an informed decision on what yeah. they're doing when they say yes. Parents kind of have to go through the same kind of thing.
0: Well, uh, I would say if if two parents yeah. who are not practicing, not, not in Catholic, yeah. let's say... Uh, we we have two parents who are practicing, let's just say, the the Hindu faith. Yes. Okay. okay, just as an example. And they want their child to be baptized because they want to go into the Catholic school. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that doesn't display very much hope no, and that if, this child will be right. raised in the Catholic faith. They are they are practicing another faith in their home, yes. in their place of worship in, the in their life, they practice their life and the way they live. Right. So where's the hope? Sure. That kid will go into Catholic school. Right. But where's the hope there? So then people talk about godparents. Mm-hmm. you know, do godparents factor in? Yeah. And I, in this case, I would really look at the intention of the parents and the other- parents intention is not to raise the person Catholic. It's to get them in a Catholic school. And, uh, even if they could provide a good godparent, we really have to sit down and talk about what is what is the reason here we're going to baptize. We don't just baptize someone to get them into school.
1: An organization <clears> or an institute. It, exactly. No, it's, no, there's a life commitment. It's,
0: yeah, it's not an initiation to get into another uh, yeah. you know, place. So there's where there would be deferral. There's where there would be time for discussion. There's, there's where there would be time to look at what we're doing.
1: Okay. Now, uh, so what if one parent wanted to baptize and one per- parent didn't? Would that be something that you defer then as well until par- both parents are on board? Or is one parent enough? I guess it would depend on the legal... Exactly. Legality. It
0: depends on uh, is the second parent uh, in the picture? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. does, the, does the one parent have uh, full custody of the child? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it, it has happened where uh, the one person has full custody of the child, the other uh, parent... Uh, is not involved at all, but has voiced displeasure in uh, the child receiving sacraments. Well from a legal perspective there, the, with the it's, parent with full, full custody, custody has the you know, say. To say. Nice. In, in a perfect world, we would love both parents to be on board, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but that doesn't always always happen. Okay, cool. We're gonna move on from baptism because yeah. we have a lot more to say. And uh, we're gonna talk about uh, confession mm. next, okay? So confession is another one where people say, well, you know, you can't refuse uh, uh, confession. And and I know there's this, uh, you know, oh, a priest has to stop everything he's doing to hear your confession, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Remember what we said here about uh, appropriate Appropriate time, Yes. right? So if someone's banging at my door, which has happened uh, at a very late hour for confession, uh, not an appropriate time, especially when I can wait till the morning.
1: Right, it's not a Im- life or death scenario. It's not a or life, life, or life or death scenario,
0: so it's not an appropriate time. The, so, the, so uh, you know, if a priest like me gets grumpy and sends them away or whatever yeah. like that, uh, that's not what happened in this case. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, it's not an appropriate time. It would be that would be a deferral of the sacrament <laughs> of confession. But more, more, we're talking about you know people who say they've got a confession and the priest would not give them the absolution. Well. Uh, remember to receive, uh, let's just read right from the Code of Canon Law. In Canon 987, it says, to receive the salvific remedy of the sacrament of penance, a member of the Christian faithful must be disposed in such a way that rejecting sins committed and having a purpose of amendment, the person is turned back to God. So if the confessor has no doubt about the disposition of the penitent and the penitent seeks absolution, absolution is to be neither refused or deferred. Certain particular grave sins impede the reception of the sacraments, and absolution cannot be granted until ecclesiastical authorities grant approval, mm-hmm. right? So Canon 980 talks about that if the, if the priest sees that there's no sincere um, contrition. remorse or contrition, yeah. then he's not to give absolution.
1: Yeah, that right. makes sense. Because yeah. I mean, why? Why would you be doing it? Just trying to like, hey, wipe this, wipe this slate clean, father, so I can go kill this person, right? <laughs> like, like you know, like yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, like I'm gonna, I, I just killed this person, wipe it clean, <laughs> just in case I'm gonna go fight this other person, I'm gonna try to kill them, they may kill me in the process. I want those slates. That's slate clean. right, you know, like that's not
0: contract. And, and I want to be clear that that's different from someone who's struggling with the same sin. Mm. Like, let's say someone who's struggling with the uh, the same sin, and. Uh, if they're if they are if they are contrite if they're remorseful about what they did and they are trying to overcome that sin that's much different than someone who's who says now nah, I'm, I'm I know I'm gonna do this again and you know what I'm not really sorry about it yeah that's totally different I
1: I, I think one of the best things I ever heard it was from a speaker and I can't remember if it was Scott Hahn or maybe Chris Rice or something but they were talking about it. they brought it to confession one time okay I, I I feel like father every time I come to confession I'm, I'm confessing the same things over and over again and the priest looked at them and like you want to commit nuisance? <laughs> like, like you you want to you want to go out and try the whole spectrum here? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. no, no, you you're going to struggle with the same things because that's going to be where your weakness. And that's where the devil's going to attack you. But so it's it's common, it's normal to struggle with the same things over and over again. When I when I confess a sin, I know that I'm going to maybe fall again in that area. But I am going to I'm coming with a contrite heart, saying, God, give me the grace, so I try, I will try hard not to right. And that's the that's the idea. Yeah. Behind confession, whereas if I'm like, yeah, just give it to me because I'm still gonna fall, I'm still gonna do it, you know.
2: You're demonstrably coming to the sacrament in good faith. Yes, yes. That's the exactly. difference. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna save
0: us uh, a little bit of time here because uh, you know, with with everyone wants to know about the sacrament of Holy Eucharist. Yeah. When can someone can be denied the yeah. Eucharist? So we're gonna spend a little more time on that. But quickly, like yeah. Confirmation, if you're not properly disposed or prepared. Uh, It'd be like adult baptism, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that could be deferred, uh, right? But if someone's gone through an appropriate uh, preparation time for confirmation, then they can receive their confirmation. Um, of course, with uh, holy orders, uh, if someone has hmm. uh, been recommended by uh, the vocations director or bishop not to be ordained, then then that. Uh, is something that's deferred or, yeah. or denied. That's one yeah, of the right. few
2: examples that rather than being deferred could be kind could of outright denied. denied. Yeah.
1: There's, yeah. There, yeah. there's sometimes
0: even someone who, who, might, who might go to a seminary, maybe the seminary faculty has suggested mm-hmm. or has voted that this person should not be ordained. Uh, so then ordination is denied. Um you know, maybe there's uh, maybe there's a whole bunch of reasons why someone wouldn't even be admitted that far to begin with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so be, it could be denied from there. Yep. Could be a criminal history, could yep. be... Um, uh, maybe s- it could be a mental sort of, disorder. It could uh, be some challenges right. with mental yeah. health, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, psychological mm-hmm. disorders, or things like that. It
1: could be for a variety of reasons that
0: someone would not even be admitted to the process.
1: I'm becoming a priest because I want to change the Catholic Church. I want to allow this, that, and the other thing. Like, you know what I mean? That would be a deferral, I guess. But, but like, well, you maybe be able to come back. But it might be a denial. <laughs> it actually. might be a denial. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that would be a psychological problem. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, but remember, when someone's approaching holy orders, there's a bunch of people involved. There's a vocations yeah. director. There's the bishop, of course. There's there's uh, uh, psychological testing. Uh, there's uh, spiritual directors. There's, uh, you know, like... And then all their all the professors, people. I imagine, right? Yeah, right, but right. even before we get to the seminary, oh, yeah. like, there's all these p- things that take Gates, place. Yeah. like uh, to, to get them to the seminary. To make sure, yeah. like, you know, the right people are... are this is the forward. right person. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then there's the sacrament of marriage. Yeah. Okay. So if the sacrament of marriage, let's say, uh, you know, those three things that you promise during the marriage uh, ceremony, during the marriage celebration, uh, do you promise... Be, uh, Op- to be open to life, do yeah. you do you say that like you are not you are coming here without any cons- without any uh, coercion mm-hmm. force? Mm-hmm. You know, if someone says no, they're being pressured to get married, then the marriage can be denied. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone says that uh, they are not open to children, which is one of the promises of mm-hmm. marriage, uh, the promise the, the marriage could be denied. Mm-hmm. Uh, so.
2: And even what you said about the criteria that it needs to be an appropriate time, um, they need to be properly disposed, and there's no kind of legal guilty. obstacle, yeah. or yeah, that there's no, legend. like, you know, you see in the movies, you're like, if, if anyone here objects to this wedding, you know, speak now or forever, like, yeah. um, the place of that in in the marriage right, is, you know, sh- should technically say just if anyone has any legal objection, like if, if one of the Participants is already married. Is already married. Uh, yeah, like, that's exactly. a problem. If, you know, they're yeah. first cousins, you know, that would be an impediment to, right. or that would be kind of grounds for denying the, the sacrament itself. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. true. Um, then the, the sacrament of the sick. That's a big one, yeah. Is uh, one, because the sacrament of the sick can be denied. Yeah. I,
1: I've, I've heard about this, especially now that we're talking about euthanasia more frequently exactly. and made and all that kind of stuff in Canada. In... in
0: uh in I'll say in Canada, yeah. most dioceses have uh, given the instruction that if someone has selected, made yeah. a medical assistance in dying or euthanasia, uh, that the priests are not to administer the sacrament of the sick. And the reason is because the sacrament of the sick is for healing mm-hmm. of mind, body, and spirit, yeah. right? And someone has decided to end their life on their terms and have left out the possibility of healing. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So basically they're saying, I'm choosing to end my life. So they're
1: denying the sacrament just in, in that in that yeah, decision yeah. alone. Exactly. Now, if they've cha- that would would that be a deferral or would that be a denial? I mean, you would deny it at the time, but if they decided to change their mind and not get Yeah, off so the list, okay,
0: I've yeah. been in the situation before where yeah. someone has chosen medical assistance in dying, has requested me at their bedside, yeah. you know, uh, for the administration of the sacrament, sick priests are not a- permitted to be present while yeah, uh, the lethal mm-hmm. injection, injection is given is, uh, is administered, yeah. um, but you know, of course, I go and I chat with them and pray with them and and see, like you know, let's reconsider this. Let's mm-hmm. let's have, let's leave this open for for uh, God to uh, insert Himself here. So it's not saying you know, and I'm very upfront. You know, I, I can't administer the sacrament of the sick to you if, you, if you're going to be persistent in this choice. So you would give the guy a
1: blessing but you wouldn't administer a sacrament.
0: Um no, I I don't I wouldn't give a blessing to nope? confuse okay. Oh, okay. what I'm doing because
1: uh you know,
0: the family might say, "Well, Father came and gave a blessing anyways." or something like that. Okay, yeah. I I would pray with them. I would pray that that, that, makes that sense. God would help change their heart. Yeah, yeah, good. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wish them well and I could pray for them. I pray for them. My prayer for them, maybe I shouldn't say this, but my prayer for them in that situation is that God takes them before maid does. Yeah. <laughs> that's my prayer for them. Yeah, because sometimes that happens. Yeah, sometimes you know you visit with someone, uh, they say nope, I'm 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 uh, dying. Scheduled next on Monday Thursday or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and they die a few days later before maid. So well, I would say thanks be to God because yeah. You know. Okay, so that, <laughs> that's uh, that. Okay, let's get to the one where everyone wants to know about, and that's the Eucharist. Can, can a priest deny or refuse the Eucharist to someone? And um, my answer is uh, yes, that the priest can uh, defer, deny the Eucharist to someone, but there are certain prerequisites or certain uh, things that have to be um, Tangible? Followed. Yeah. <laughs> because Canon 912, it says, not any baptized person not prohibited by law can and must be admitted to Holy Communion. Okay. Okay? However, then it continues, it says that uh, a person who is c- conscious of grave sin, okay, is not to receive the body of our Lord without previous sacramental confession unless there is grave reason and there's no opportunity to confess, uh, in this case, the person is to remember the obligation to make. Okay, I'm reading the wrong one, uh, but it's it's saying that uh, <laughs> it, that if someone who's receiving the Eucharist, there are still some things that they have to follow, like being in the proper state of grace, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, not have a penalty. Those things that we talked about before: appropriate time, no penalty on you, and uh, the properly disposed. Properly disposed. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, So those things have to be followed, okay? Now, what I want to say is it's not appropriate during the communion line Mm -hmm. to start a fight with someone.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) When someone's approaching for the Eucharist in the communion line, it's not an appropriate time to start a fight with someone. So I might just say, I'm going to give you a blessing at this moment, and please speak to me after, after Mass. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, That might be the way to do it. In a, in, in a best situation, you're already going to have that conversation with someone, okay? What are we looking for? Well, we're looking for uh, people who have some difficulties and challenges that are preventing them from receiving the Eucharist. This could be someone who's in a situation where they're divorced and remarried, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and until their first marriage is annulled, then they have to abstain from the Eucharist. That's a teaching of the church. Remember what I said about we're on your side. We yeah, want to yeah. help you. Get rectify. There. Yeah. We, want to help, uh, we want this remedy to happen. So most pastors will help you do that. Most pastors will help you through the process because they want to see you receiving the Eucharist. Yeah. They want to see you in full communion with the church. Exactly. Then there's um, situations where someone is uh, very vocal about uh, being uh, anti-Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe people have spoken about the fact that they don't even believe that the Eucharist that they're receiving is the body and blood of Christ, um, thing p- people who have committed public scandal, mm-hmm. um, all these situations might warrant a pastor to speak to that person and say, it's not appropriate to receive Holy Communion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then uh, people might say, well, what about... People like celebrities or politicians or things speak on, out against on faith. grander scales who speak out against the Catholic faith, or, for example, politicians who support things that are contrary to the Catholic yeah. faith, like abortion, mm-hmm. and we see this a lot. Well, we see this a lot in Canada, yeah. um, United you know, the, States the, too. The, the current Prime Minister of, of Canada uh, claims to be Catholic. That he is. A, he is a Catholic, right. right, and promotes many things that are contrary to the Catholic faith. Now, some people might say, "Well, he's he's doing his job, right? He's doing his job as prime minister." But someone who actively promotes mm-hmm. things that the church considers immoral is not to be permitted to the Euchar- to holy communion. Look at the United States; the president of the United States, same thing, mm-hmm. actively encourages uh, things like abortion, uh, access to abortion, uh, and uh, says that he is a practicing Catholic. In these situations, I'm going to suggest that uh, when it comes to high profile... Yeah. That leave it
1: to the bishop. Leave it to the bishop. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, the pastor can initiate a conversation with the bishop saying, this person is showing up to my church. Uh, what do I do there? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, And leave it to the bishop. The pastor is free to have a conversation. It might be more appropriate for the bishop to make a... a, a a declaration a, a, a for, for the declaration daisies. for that yeah. for that mm-hmm. sort of situation because we see situations where some bishops do make a statement yeah. about certain people uh, and receiving the Eucharist. I want to also say that it's not a punishment. <laughs> people say like, "How yeah. rude." You know, to to take away the Eucharist from it's, someone. It's not a bishop trying
1: to flex their power over uh, a prime minister or, uh, or, or like, like, hey, look, I'm more powerful than you. You don't have to. No, that's not what it is. This is this is trying to save that person's soul. Yeah, yes. and there's it, an this,
2: underlying desire that this person be brought into communion with the church. Exactly, uh, because this is like, um, and you know, we've had this with our RCIA candidates who are, you know, deferring the reception of the sacraments until they they go through the full um, rite of initiation that you know and and you know coming from a protestant background it's just like the the outside perception is like why is this so exclusive like why why you know why can't just everybody come up and participate in the eucharist I mean, like and you can say like in in a very sincere way the church desires that everybody come up and receive the Eucharist. The Church desires that everybody be in full communion with the Church, um, but recognizing the significance of the sacraments, recognizing that, you know, this isn't something that—this isn't something that—this is something that the faithful have a canonical right to, but this isn't something that we have a sense of entitlement uh, of exactly. that you know, um, that you know we do have a right to the sacraments that's protected by canon law. But there is an onus on us. There's an onus to to properly dispose ourselves insofar as we're capable to work within kind of the proper operating structure of the church to go through the, the formation processes that allows us to make informed consent so that that communion is actually communion. It's not just a, you know, I'm entitled to this thing. You're actually participating in the sacred mysteries of the church with kind of a um, a real understanding of, of what those are.
0: Very true. And uh, the canon law that I fumbled on before— is is nine fifteen. It says that those uh, who obstinately persevere mm-hmm. in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to holy communion. Yeah. So if there's something that's going on that's preventing you from receiving the Eucharist, it, that that right that we heard about in nine twelve doesn't mm-hmm. supersede yeah. that. Right? I also want to say something that you said there. Uh, it's not just this thing that we're receiving. Mm-hmm. Like we have to look at the sacraments as what for what they are. They're, they are sacred gifts that the Lord gives us through the Church. In a in a in a more serious or more uh, sacred way, the Eucharist, being the body of Jesus, we really have to respect the fact that this is our Lord. This is our Lord and our Savior, and we must take seriously the appropriate time and the proper preparation to receive the Eucharist. Right, and I I don't think that. That is well respected Mm. in our churches, yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess throughout the throughout, I don't know, maybe since Vatican II, where we've uh, people have not really understood the church teachings per se. Mm -hmm. um, We've come to see the Eucharist as something that we must receive Mm. every time we go to mass. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the Eucharist is something we receive when we're properly disposed to receive it, yeah. right? And even some ministers of the church would shake their heads at what I just said. But it's clear church teaching mm-hmm. that we have to be in the proper form to receive Jesus into our bodies, mm-hmm. right? And uh, this, this idea that every time we go to Mass, we, we have receive, to receive the it. Eucharist is not the correct way that we understand the church teaching. We are obligated to be at Mass mm-hmm. on Sunday. That is our obligation to be at Sunday Mass every Sunday. Not to okay? receive communion. But not to receive communion. I mean, we can. Yeah. If we're yeah, yeah. receiving the Eucharist every Sunday, God bless us. And, we're trying our best. We're living holy lives. Um, We are avoiding sin, and we're living great... Uh, Lives focused on Jesus, right? Because we want to receive the Eucharist every Sunday. So there's nothing wrong with if you reception. are receiving the Eucharist every Sunday in the proper state of grace, in the in the proper disposition, right? But, but are we are you? obligated to be at Mass on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. The the Church teaches we are we are uh, to receive the Eucharist yeah. at least once per year, and that's during the Easter season.
1: So you need to be in the proper state of grace at least <laughs> once per year, yeah. which
0: makes sense because. Usually during the Lenten season, it's a penitential season. You encourage people to go to the Sacrament of Confession, receive the Eucharist in the Easter season. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, But this idea of receiving the Eucharist every time is very foreign, even in, like, when you travel outside of North America. Like, people will attend Mass. Mm. Like, I used to study in Europe, and uh, people would attend Mass. And maybe 20% of the church
1: goes up to receive the Eucharist.
0: And that's it. And that's it. So everybody
1: else is sitting in their pew. Everyone else
0: stands in their pew.
1: So they don't go up to receive a blessing? They don't
0: go up to receive a blessing. I think in Europe, if you walked up to a priest with your arms crossed, he'd try and
1: place the Eucharist on your tongue. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) So it's probably that, uh, would you say, that maybe the Mm -hmm. the idea of of going up to receive a blessing. It was for people that were were worried about first of all that what other people would think of them or whatever else. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a good practice, yeah. not, not necessarily. A bad people are thing.
0: welcome to come for a blessing if they're not receiving the Eucharist. And and let me say something about that too. While I'm on a roll here, yes. is that uh, you know I I really commend people who go up for a blessing. Oh man, I'm very proud of them, and I think the world of them because. And I hope ooh, if if someone's listening that is in a situation where you're going up uh, for a blessing instead of receiving the Eucharist. Of course, I'm not saying blessings are better than the Eucharist. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying if, if you are aware that you should not be receiving the Eucharist Mm -hmm. and you go forward to receive a blessing, I commend you. And I think the world of you, because what you're doing is so honorable.
1: Yeah. really. You
0: are respecting the Eucharist so much, right? That you know that you're not, to receive yeah. the Eucharist that day. So I give high praise... To, the, to people who are yeah. receiving a so blessing.
2: More, sorry, and that's so much more courageous than Very. the per, the person who goes up at knowing that they're not properly disposed to receive the Eucharist and that does so is. anyway because they feel the eyes on exactly. them, around they, them or around them. There's, they're going to it. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. So
0: people who are receiving a blessing might feel that, like, oh, everyone's looking at me. There's lots of reasons why people shouldn't receive the Eucharist. Maybe they broke
1: the fast. If, if people, and now here's the thing, because, uh, I mean, I play music, so I have never really looked... <laughs> A lot of times I'm playing music while this happens, but I know at times people do watch. You know that yeah. kind of thing. But I agree with you. I think the the people that I've seen that have abstained from the Eucharist during Mass, you're coming to Mass. Exactly. Like it, it, you're showing to the people around you the importance. As much yeah. as the the Eucharist is a source and summit of our faith, and that is that you're showing that respect that you said that. But also, the whole point of Mass is 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 not necessarily just about the Eucharist. I mean, it's the source and <laughs> sum of our faith, and that's like we're there to receive, and that's we have the chance to receive while we're yeah. there. But that respect that you're showing in in abstaining from that until you're in the proper state of grace. That, yeah, I have nothing but but praise for those people, yeah, sure. and in fact, like I, I'm like, wow, that that is. That is so commendable. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah and no. I know
0: that there's like an awkward, like, "Oh, are people think? What are people thinking of me?" You know, there's a there's an idea of like, uh, "Are people looking at me receiving a blessing and wondering why I'm not receiving the Eucharist or whatever?" Yeah, and 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 to that, I say, number one, it's none of anyone's business. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Uh, number two, again, what you're doing is honorable. So much more honorable than the people behind you that are probably staring at you. Yeah. Who shouldn't be receiving the Eucharist and are receiving the Eucharist anyways?
1: Is, is it? I mean, there's, there's yeah. the, the the nosy neighbors that are kind of yeah. trying to figure out your life scenarios of why you might not be receiving well, communion and everything else. It's like automatically there, they're almost like sinning. They shouldn't be receiving at that time. You know what I mean? That's,
2: yeah. And it's like, and you don't want you don't want to be doing the math on on people's yeah. situations, <laughs> but like that, like you see a young couple approach and both of them, you know, receive a blessing, like. First of all, I should be minding my own business, or exactly. I should, you know. Yeah, and yeah. most of the time, I'm just managing my kids and trying to, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, looking at that situation, you know, even if we see it, even if yeah. you know we do, you know, connect those dots, you know, our, our response should be way to, way go. to go, yeah. Way to go. Like that's that's a way win. Way to go. Yeah.
0: And I think just the more we have to, the more we have to really uh, help other people, help each other understand that the Eucharist is not something to just take for granted, uh, that this is the body of Jesus. It's, it is different from anything else that we receive. Uh, it's the only place we can receive Jesus. It's the closest we can get to Jesus in this life, and we shouldn't take that lightly. No. We should not take that lightly. And uh, and I say that uh, people might people might uh, criticize me for saying that, which is fine, uh, and, and some priests might criticize me for saying that. You know, and 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 to them, I challenge them to really let's review how we treat the Eucharist, how we love the Eucharist, and to remember who the Eucharist is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Jesus Christ, our Lord. He gave His life for us. He gave us this sacrament. And if we're not if we're not showing a good example ourselves as priests, then how will the people we minister to ever take ever be reverent or respectful of the Eucharist?
1: Yep. So. That's it. I guess <laughs> that's a, that's we, a really low note to end on. I, I know it, it's heavy, not low. It's a heavy note.
0: It's heavy. That's okay. So let's recap a little bit because remember that people who are baptized, right, uh, are uh, are uh, are entitled, I guess, have to a canonical right. Have a canonical right yeah. to the sacraments, yeah. and most things we do in the church. Um, point towards you receiving the sacraments. We're rooting for you. We want you to receive the sacraments, and we're going to help you receive the sacraments, but we have to do
1: it in the appropriate
0: time, <laughs> with properly disposed, and not under penalty of any so,
1: kind. Uh, and, and in most of those cases, the sacrament could be, well, I mean, we can say denied, but in a, most of those cases, we mean deferred. Mm-hmm. In most cases, there are very you know, few, but so deferred until you are in that proper state of grace, until you are in that proper, you're properly disposed. And when in doubt, yeah. ask your pastor. Just
0: talk to mm-hmm. him. Just talk to him. When when in doubt, say, should I not receive the Eucharist today, or should I not be receiving the Eucharist, or whatever it might be? Um, you know, during confession, they'll 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 help you. They'll explain their best. Same with the other sacraments. But when in doubt, ask your pastor. Mm-hmm. All right. If anyone has uh, something to share with us uh, today, you can drop a comment or send us an email at, at the catholic buzz.com and uh, we'll answer your questions from there. So that's all the time we have today for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan. My name is Father Danielle. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz.